Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Transformation Gold Podcast. I'm your hostess, Nicole DiVincentis, a.k.a. Figure Chick 911 coming to you with a more powerful sort of a podcast, actually a repeat of one that we had attempted to record earlier, but due to some weird technological issues, it only recorded like the first portion of it. So this is called Know Your Players. And what this is about, this has to do more with organizational leadership and it has concepts in it which you can obviously apply to your personal life or your professional life rather, but also to your personal life as well. So this is about knowing the individuals that you lead or that you are responsible for. And it's going to help you to know who to group together, how to form more powerful teams. It's going to help you to probably even uh, identify yourself, okay? Because as with everything when it comes to personal development, a lot of people will join this podcast, follow this podcast because of their interest in being a leader and doing things right. But leadership is about doing the right thing. And when it comes to walking your walk and walking your talk, marrying those two together, you always have to be sure that you're in alignment with your word. Like you hold yourself to that bar, to that level. Does that make sense? And so make sure when you're coming through this that you're not quickly and reflexively pointing the finger at your boss or somebody else, you always want to, you know, you that saying for every finger that you point, (laughs) there's three that are pointing back at you. Okay. So be sure that when you are consuming this content, as you're digesting it, you're allowing some of it to actually penetrate your own cells and your own electrons. And then that, uh, that helps you to grow and do your internal work so that you can show up as really a a better version of yourself and that also grows you tremendously as a leader both personally and professionally okay so we're here we're talking about knowing your players so let's get straight into tonight's content I, I love to talk about this one so when it comes to people on a team all right and let's use just for this one let's use a professional reference so we all have a point of application and then you take this example and you place it into your unique situation but we're talking about the the basic three types of individuals that you see within most organizations now here's my disclaimer on this or here's the preface of this as you grow in your professional life I do believe that your hiring process or your selection process, if you're wise about it and you learn from your mistakes, you get better at it. You are better at asking questions of your candidates. You're better at um, seeing through their face at whatever table you're sitting at for an interview. And I also believe that you position the position, you, you construct the position that you're, you're hiring for or interviewing for to be very, very clear outside of mere job tasks. Because I think most people have gotten to the point where they're really tired of being just like a cog in a wheel. 
I felt that way. And when you're grouping people together and you're wanting them to work collectively as a team, you're going to always hit the lid if you do not have individuals who put in equal effort or don't even try. It's <laughs> this ring a bell, ding, 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 ding. I think a lot of people have been there. So when it's you, you are the hiring person. You're the one who's doing the interviewing. You're, you're having tryouts or whatever. Here's the three people that you need to be uh, on, I guess, on the alert for. The first, uh, so it's three letters. It's the A players, the B players, and the C players. And this is what it looks like. And, and before I get started, before everybody gets all up in arms and all these different things, this doesn't always mean that they're bad people. Most of this is referring to work ethic. Most of it. All right. So let's dive into the material, you know, weapons on the table. All right. And this is what it looks like. So you've got three types of players. You got your A players, you have your B players and you have your C players. Now your A players kind of like a string players. The A players are your high producers, your high level performers. These are the individuals that when it comes to volunteering for something or setting the bar or taking the lead or achieving goals, these people are all over it. Rarely, rarely, rarely do they need to be told what to do. Once they understand what the mission is, what the goal is, they're usually already doing the stuff and they don't require supervision outside of here's the goals and, and just kind of like keeping them with not within a boundary, but keeping them mission oriented and, and forward focused in that one particular direction. But when it comes down to it, your A players, they, they run circles around everybody and they can't help it. It's literally like they can't help themselves. And you're going to know it. You're going to they always take charge. They're always in the leadership role. They usually are the ones who are giving directions to other people and or they're off producing by themselves without receiving much coaching or anything. It's it, That's just like who they are. Okay. So they're like superstars. Their productivity levels are, you know, eons above everybody else. Okay. So then you have your B players and then you have your C players. I want to talk about the C players next. Now, the C players are going to be the polar opposite of your A players. The C players, they can come from a bunch of different backgrounds. They can come from the backgrounds where they do bare minimum because they honestly don't have a very strong work ethic. And this could be devious, like they just want to get their foot in the door and then learn how to do bare minimum so that they can coast. Or sometimes the C players, you have to watch and you have to learn, get to know your people because sometimes the C players may just be unorganized and sometimes just need maybe a different role. Maybe they're just in the wrong position, but at the end of the day, like they don't produce. And when it comes to teamwork or when it comes to tracking levels of productivity, they tend to be a liability. And I probably don't even have to tell you that if you put your C players on the same team as the A players, the A players are going to keep on producing. Like the train is moving forward. They're not going to wait for the C players to ever catch up. They're going to like smoke them. And they probably, your A players will also pick up the slack of what's not being done when it comes to 
you know, here's all the things that have to be done. The A players you typically do pick up the slack and they'll do that. Okay? Here's what happens, though. You have the third grouping of individuals. You have the B players. All right? Now, the B players are solid worker bees. And very intelligent, very skilled. They just don't have that self-drive, if you would, as an A player does. But they're very coachable. And once you show them what to do, and if you surround them by A players, the B players level of productivity goes up and they actually become A players because of their environment. So they can be trusted. They, they know like they're producing. They just need a little bit of guidance. That's it. But to the opposite effect, if you take the B player and you surround them by C players, guess what happens? The productivity of the B player drops to that of the C player. And now you have no production happening whatsoever. Now you put this in the context of your business, your environment, your team, your organization, even your family. All right. When it comes to forming your teams and sometimes perhaps I'll give you an example. If you're if you were like me, let's say you were working on a nursing unit and it was like an emergency room and you would think that you would have to have very stellar nursing staff taking care of patients. And as we have seen over the past 10, 15 years, we've seen the quality of nurses go down for numerous reasons. But it starts with a lot of people who weren't actually qualified to be in the position. It was the turnover of nursing was happening so great that they needed just a warm body to be in the role to kind of sort of take care of these people. But what started happening was that you were having individuals who were C players and they were bringing the morale of the whole entire team down. And what eventually will happen is that your A players are going to be attracted to a place like an emergency room. That's going to happen, right? They're going to be attracted to a sales floor. But when you have these people who are kind of like they've got cement shoes on and they're like dragging their weight along, they don't produce, they don't produce. When you're in a sales environment, I believe it's much easier to get rid of those individuals because they're not hitting numbers. But what if you're in an organization where tracking metrics is way more difficult? How do you track metrics when you're taking care of, if you're in a service industry? right? Unless they do something overtly bad, how do you get rid of those individuals? And at the end of the day, those people cannot stay in your organization. You cannot afford to have the C players in your organization. So what do you do? Maybe you transfer them to a different position, a different department. You have to know your people. You have to know, are they character? Is their character corrupt? Are they the type of individuals who are there because they just want a steady paycheck and they just want the security of the job and they have zero interest on improving themselves, on growing, on moving the needle, on driving the team? They have zero interest in that and it shows. Their energy is low, they hide all the time, and they don't contribute towards the greater good. Those are your C players. They're like cancers in the organization. Everybody knows it. So then what do you do? Oh my gosh, I don't know. Well, it seems like (laughs) you have one of two options. You can keep the C players around, 
think back over the places that you have worked or what would be the likely outcome if you keep a team or a department or an organization chock full of A players, B players, and C players, and they're all supposed to be doing similar work, working towards the same mission, and you have the A players who are like producing beyond, they're picking up the slack of the C players, and then the B players are whoever you surround them with. They're either going to be coming higher performers or they're going to be dropping their production level. How much volatility can your organization actually stand when you have those three dynamics happening within one area? Does that make sense? So what do you do? What do you do as the leader? What do you do even as a manager? How much authority do you have? You have to play it out in your mind and you've got to get smarter. I think on the front end, on the hiring process and ask better questions because it's, it's harder unless you have that position of authority in order to be able to get rid of the, the, <laughs> the cancers. <laughs> Otherwise, what happens is that the entire morale of the department or the organization goes down because the expectation is that we won't pay too much attention to it. Your A players are going to continue to run circles around everybody because they just can't help it. That's who they are. But your A players are going to get pissed. Your A players are going to be pissed because the expectation is now that they're going to be the ones who are carrying the whole entire team and maybe even being compensated at a similar scale. But they're doing twice or three times the work than these other individuals who are barely giving any effort. You see what I'm saying? And most likely, I've been in situations where the A players then are responsible for grooming the new individuals who are coming in. So that adds to their level of responsibility. And there's really not enough incentive to keep those individuals there when you still have the other people who are they're like anchors in a bad way and they're not allowing that project to move forward or the department to move forward or grow or whatever like you always have to be looking over their shoulders and picking up the slack so when it comes to then selection of the individuals that you want to work with you've got to be smarter on your questions and you also have to have a very 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 clear not just job description of the action items. We want this person to be able to accurately keep track of our books and they have to be familiar with QuickBooks and they have to you know, be familiar with the, the rules and the regulations of a particular governing body. All those tasks are important, but what is the character of the individual that you want seated in that role? If you give me who somebody who has an incredible work ethic and they merely need to be shown what to do and you, you train them and you let them go, they become high-level producers. That's the sort of individual that you want rather than somebody who may come in, who is learned, who has a, a great transcript even. They, you know, they fit the bill of the tasks associated with the job. But if their character is corrupt, it's going to show up one way or the other. You're either going to see dampening in job performance 
or you're gonna see stuff like frequent call-ins Ooh, you're gonna find them not coming back from lunch at the right particular time and some of these things seem so blatantly obvious when you're looking in from the outside and almost sometimes like hard to believe like how can this actually exist this doesn't seem like it would be very good dynamics and it doesn't seem like it would ever keep a team or an organization a business an enterprise or even a family functional and continuing to grow and it doesn't so who is the person who has to then speak up <laughs> been there done that to make sure that the, the information is being passed up to the people who are the true decision makers. And it's been my experience that the farther away, obviously, the decision makers are from the people who are on the front lines. That's how you lose track. So what, what then is like your internal system? Do you have a system? And are the people who are in between the people who are on the line and where you're at as the decision maker, are they a bunch of yes people? And they're only telling you the things that you want to hear because they're in fear of losing their job or their position or your respect. There's a whole bunch of things that happen once you get into dynamics of an organization. And I can only tell you... <laughs> As the leader, it's your responsibility to make sure that it's safe for your people to even come to you and tell you that they're, Houston, we have a problem over here. Terrible is the organization where when your people come forth and report an issue, whether it has to do with personnel, whether it has to do with safety operations, whether it has to do with flaws in systems, maybe uh, tracking what would have numbers like inventory numbers or, or maybe even a budget. You've got to somehow develop a way to have your fingers on every aspect of that business and it comes down to having the right people in your business. And that falls back on you to be sure that you're hiring or uh, attracting or recruiting or you know bringing on the right people and then investing in your people's growth character wise as individuals but also as let's say professionals or or whatever you know your respective you know purpose of of the team or or the organization is <clears throat> failure to grow your people leads to stunted growth so just like you're on this podcast for your personal and professional growth, the same thing must happen to your people. That when you go to a place and you're like drinking water from the well and you're like, wow, my life is totally changed. I feel so much better after drinking this water. You want to then pass that same water onto your people and then develop them because now the both of you have the same exact coaching and the same exact training where now you don't have to try to stop and figure out how in the heck am I going to explain this to these people? The gap is too wide. 
and my brain is moving 12,000 miles a minute. And why can't these people understand me? Well, they're not receiving the same information as you. So once you have that coaching and training, then you are responsible for passing it on. See, when you're a leader, leaders create more leaders, not followers. As you develop your organization and you have both vertical and horizontal growth, you've got to be certain that you're filling your organization, your team, your place, whatever, your department with people who are like-minded, not like-minded in terms of their gifts or talents, like-minded in terms of character, like-minded in terms of how they think, like-minded in terms of how do they move forward towards the end goal, how do they handle themselves, all of the inner workings that come involved with personal development. So as much as you absorb content, as much as you consume content like like a sponge, it's then your job to somehow deliver that information out. And when it's like the game of telephone, if you're not, if that's not your space, you're not expected to then necessarily translate it out. What do you do? You bring them back to the source. I think all of us have done that. I, I can't explain this. This is where I got this information from. Here, sit and listen to this. Here, watch this. Here's my book. Here's my course. Here's something. And so you're adding not just job skill training for the person that you've hired on or the person that you're mentoring. You are sharing your resources with them. And that's how they develop their mindset and understand the very, very, very beginnings of where you're coming from. And why do you put the bar so high? Why did you get rid of that person who was not performing? Why all of a sudden on some days when we work, things are like flying high and then on other days we work, things are like totally dragging. I noticed some things oh my gosh, you mean to tell me I can actually come to you and I can tell you what's happening on the front line and, I, and there's no like punitive effects or no consequences for this to happen? It's like, this is real, this is real. This is what we call communication. This is one hand washes the other. When you have people who understand your mission, your vision, your values, and you invest in them, you recruit their inner, their inner core of trust and respect and loyalty. I mean, because let's face it, people are not completely loyal today. You can take any statistic. You can take marriage. <laughs> you can take how long do people actually stay at a job these days? I was blown away about how some people, excuse me, don't even show up for work and they don't even get fired. I I couldn't believe it. My, you know, I have people who work in, you know, different professional worlds still um, for like they work as employees in, in professional arenas. And I couldn't believe, what do you mean they don't show up for work? Well, what's the, what, how do you get rid of these people? Well, then they have to go through some sort of a disciplinary, you know, interview in human resources, but there's no repercussions for their actions. And I'm like aghast at this. Like how and who, how, just how I, I, that's it. How question mark, how does that happen? And you've got to be the one to decide, is that the culture that we perpetuate here? What is our culture?
perhaps something to consider is having the culture established a high bar from the get-go. Not everybody who comes in, you just don't want people who have a pulse, right? You want people who are alert, who are engaged, who are jumping out of bed to be able to come and be a part of your enterprise or your team. Not because that's going to allow you to take advantage of them, but because those are the people that you want. The people who are so excited for the opportunity to be there for whatever reason or for what duration of time that they are. But your job is to keep them inspired and motivated and wanting to stay there and wanting to grow with you. Think about it in terms of two two resources financial resource and energy resource. When you bring on a new person, and you know what, let's put it in a professional realm. You bring on a new employee. How much does it actually cost to have a new hire? Depending on what, where you work. Sometimes they got to go for drug screens. Sometimes they need to have, um, I was going to say vaccinations, but like immunizations. I think vaccinations are for animals. (laughs) but then there's different filings with which they need and then if you're doing you know benefits for them and when you play this out over the course of a year you're spending a lot of money to bring on a new individual right because you're paying into Suda, Fudan, FICA and you're and you're doing all that stuff Plus, maybe you have to also pay somebody else in order to be able to train that individual. And or if this is not necessarily a professional realm, this is a team or, you know, some sort of, uh, what was I going to say, like an initiative or something that you're running, a charity function or whatever, you invest a lot of time in a new individual. And if they just, you know, skita, like I'm out. After you've invested all that time, time is money, (laughs) time is energy, and now it's just completely wasted. Whereas when you're more methodical and you you establish and then maintain, I was going to say develop, but it's establish and maintain a high level culture where people are basically banging on the door to get in there. This is where I want to be. This is a culture of excellence. This is a culture of awesomeness. This is a culture where I know when I'm here, I can come in, I can work as hard as I want to. Like you're going to be attracting top level talent. That's how that works. The C players aren't even going to bother. They're just probably your application, your recruitment, your tryout process is going to be so great. They're going to be totally disinterested. They're never going to come. Like attracts like. So who are you going to get? You're going to get your inspired B players and you're going to be attracting the A players. That's who you want. You get rid of the riffraff, how much easier is it to function? Now you're not trying to like dangle different things in front of their face in order to keep them engaged and to get them to work faster. Like they're already on autopilot. You merely have to show them what to do. How exciting is that? But it comes back to you to be able to, at this point in time, be able to triage your current position and know the players that you have inside of there. And this is a hard line. This is total separation of feelings 
from facts. And I, you know what? Every business is different. I have family who has a business and they've helped, you know, some of their employees. It's a very, very close-knit family business and people stay for a long time. They've helped some of their people who needed to go to rehab, for God's sake. So maybe it's not always 100%. But when you're pumping, you know, a lot of energy, in my opinion, it's my opinion, you can't afford to have the C players around. They become a liability. So it ends up on your response, on your shoulders to know and know of yourself. What, who am I? Am I out here putting my neck out here thinking that I'm an A player when I'm not? I'm actually, oh my God, I'm just barely doing enough just to get by. How about that? But I know this. If you're a C player, you're totally not on this podcast. <laughs> Definitely not. Our goal with this podcast, as with all of them, is to shorten that time period between idea, inception, and execution. So now, when you turn around and you have this information, okay, great, there's these three players. Who are my people? What do I do? Whew. You got your work cut out for you. If you're not hitting your numbers, if you're not performing, achieving the goal, you're not having functional team operations, you've got to come back and you've got to triage yourself. You've got to look at your players. You've got to look at the expectations. You've got to look at, you know, what did we do in the past? Are, you know, is this scalable? Are we, you know, setting our targets high enough? For people to actually achieve it, like what is going on? That's your responsibility. Everything rises and falls on leadership. There's no getting around it, ever. It's all you. And you eventually, you have to get comfortable with having uncomfortable discussions. And when you're running or developing those inner workings of your organization... How do you, what leg do you have to stand on when you have floods of C players and you need to either get them on performance improvement plan or you actually, like, they have got to go. Excuse me. It's much harder. You have to be sure that you have stuff in place, whether this is some sort of a, like a, not an observation for, like, if you have a 90-day trial. (laughs) to see how these people do from the get-go. But then also, what's the process for termination if they're not hitting, you know, proper performance and they're falling short of the expectations of what that job or, or that role actually entails? Not everybody has the guts to admit that they're, that they're over their head. And not everybody has the guts to even ask for help or coaching or mentoring or guidance. It's a strange time. Some people are a little bit softer and they just, they need to be challenged and and mentored and guided and they're, they're going to be performing for you and other people just flat out. Like anchors. (laughs) Ain't nobody got time for that. 
all hands are bored. You got to be sure that the people in your boat aren't drilling holes for this thing to float. And then you want to put a motor on it and go full full, full speed ahead. <laughs> so at the end of the day, you got to know your people. Know who you're dealing with and know who you want to have on your team, in your organization. And draw that line in the sand and go after it. Shape it. You'll be glad that you did. Thank you, everybody, for joining us today. A little bit shorter podcast. It was a pleasure having you here this evening. Again, my name is Nicole DeVincentis, and I am the founder of the Transformation Gold Coaching and Training Academy. You can find uh, us up on Instagram at figurechick911 is my personal page. Our website is transformationgold.org. If there's anything that I can do, we can do to serve you on a personal basis, your organization, your team, your family, please do reach out. Contact information is on the website. Be safe. And we'll talk to you next time.